When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Please have a seat. Thank you so much. Welcome one and all to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. There is... There's huge news from the world of men's football. After last night's conference championships games, the Super Bowl match is set. Red team versus other red team. (laughs) That's right. Chiefs, 49ers, bean dip. All right here on... CBS right there, which, for one night only, this year stands for Catch the Bowl, comma, Super. <laughs> After the big game, uh, be sure to stay passed out on your couch for a brand-new late show, okay? I don't need you conscious. I just need your TV on. <laughs> maybe... Maybe late show and chill? Of course, since the Chiefs are in, the game will feature the biggest star in the NFL, Taylor Swift. That's right. Beat me to it. Tay-Tay was once again in the football box last night to watch her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, catch the ball. Whole thing has been great for the NFL and for dads who struggle to bond with their teenage daughters. (laughs) Honey, music lady, love football man. I love wings, and I love you. How, how do your feelings? <laughs> share, share feeling? <laughs> After the big win, Trav Trav got a kiss kiss from Tay-Tay. <laughs> it was super cute. I think every game should end with the two sides lining up for little smooches. <laughs> Good game. <laughs> Good game. <laughs> Good game. <laughs> Good game. <laughs> you know... Sportsmanship. Everyone's getting in on the Super Bowl Swift mania. American Airlines even announced that their flight from Kansas City to Vegas for the game will have flight number 1989 (laughs) in honor of Taylor Swift's album and also the last year they checked the bolts on that plane. But the flight everyone is focused on is Taylor Swift. You see, the Super Bowl is on February 11th, but Swift has a concert in Tokyo the day before. And people are concerned she may not make it in time to see Travis at the big game. Her concerts normally last about three and a half hours. She would close the show around 9.30 if she doesn't have an opening at local time. She would then have to drive about 25 minutes to the nearest airport. It's a tier one security event. They close the airspace around the Super Bowl right. to okay. protect okay. the okay. area. Okay. Parachuting. Or is the government going to let Taylor no. Swift yes. fly in? It's just too stressful. 
This, this is too, why can't she just do a concert somewhere closer, like Paris or Venice or New York? They're all there in Vegas. <laughs> of course, I, for one, Vegas. Let it ride. Of course, I hope Taylor makes it because I really want to watch the Apple Music Super Bowl 58 halftime show starring shaky footage of Taylor Swift cheering in a skybox featuring Usher. <laughs> there you go. That's what you wait for. That's what you want. <laughs> the Taylor Swift Super Bowl isn't making everyone happy because right-wing dinguses like Vivek Ramaswamy are claiming this whole thing is a conspiracy, suggesting that the Super Bowl will be rigged for the Chiefs to set the stage for Taylor Swift's Biden endorsement. <laughs> what? That's whack, Jack. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, I'm not joking. I'm serious, folks. That's never going to happen. Tay-Tay wouldn't even get me good tickets for the Eras Tour. Waited in that Ticketmaster queue for hours. No pre-sale code. Got stuck in the nosebleeds with Carly Kloss. Come on. <laughs> Carly Kloss. <laughs> it was me. It wasn't Biden. It was me. <laughs> of course, the Swifties have their own conspiracy theories. Because some of the Swifties out there pointed out some suspicious coincidences surrounding Taylor's favorite number, 13. Follow me down the number hole. This is Super Bowl 58, and 5 plus 8 is 13. <laughs> if Taylor goes, it would be her 13th time attending a Chiefs game. The date of the Super Bowl is 2-11. 2 plus 11 is 13. If she flies to Vegas from Tokyo, the flight will be roughly 13 hours, and the Chiefs are playing the 49ers. 4 plus 9 is 13. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. What? Anyone else have chills? This can only mean one thing. Whatever the Swifties say it means. I don't want them mad at me. <laughs> oh, speaking of, of big numbers, uh, this past Friday, the jury in Trump's defamation trial... I have a feeling you've seen the story. <laughs> Order Trump to pay E. Jean Carroll $83.3 million. That's a lot of money. That's some long ducats, Daddy-o. Carroll appeared on Good Morning America today to talk about her plans for the settlement. I'd like to give the money to something Donald Trump hates. Well, wow. Well, congratulations on the payday, Eric. <laughs> I'll give you Dad. Dad, I'll give you 83 million back in exchange for one hug. I'm good. This judgment comes at a pretty rough time for the Trump because he could soon face another large penalty in the civil fraud case brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James. And together. Together, the judgments might deliver him a punishing one-two punch. Yes, a punishing one-two punch, or as he calls it, dancing. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite punishing to watch in this case. After the decision came down, Trump hit the campaign trail and kept right on complaining. In history, 
They say the president that was treated the worst was Abraham Lincoln, but he had the Civil War, you know, so he had a little Civil War going. Abraham Lincoln. And I haven't seen the new list, but if I'm not number one over Abraham Lincoln, I will be very disappointed. Yes. No, no, I've been very, I've been treated way worse than Abraham Lincoln. I mean, I've, I've had to sit through entire plays. I mean, have you ever been to Les Mis? We get it. You're angry in French. You're French and you're angry. But this man never lost sight of what matters most to voters, that he once took a cognitive test that checks for brain damage. They give you six names in a row. I took a lot of heat on this. They give you six names in a row at the beginning. Sir, I'm going to give you six names. Good. They look at him. A chair, a hat, a badge, a necklace, and they vote. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, <laughs> first of all, those aren't names. Those are things. Those aren't names. He also said they give you six names. Chair, hat, badge, necklace, vote. That's only five things. <laughs> you know, cognitive tests are like jazz. It's about all the names you don't remember. <laughs> a scuba dap, a doodap, a doodap. Well. <laughs> Wasn't all cognitive. Wasn't all cognitive, in case you're wondering. Trump uh, took some time to brag about how well he's doing in the Republican primary. We started off with 12. Sort of reminds me of 2016. And then week by week, boom, boom. It was like chopping down a tree. Boom, what a great feeling. Boom, boom, boom. Ah, yes. The sound that axes famously make when chopping down trees. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> reminds, me of, reminds me of this scene from Oppenheimer. Chop, 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 chop. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You saw it. You saw that. Chop, chop, chop. We were talking about that earlier. The chop, chop scene. <laughs> the economy continues to roar, but not everyone believes it. This weekend, Joe Biden gave a speech in South Carolina where he floated a theory as to why. Inflation is coming down. But for all we've done to bring prices down, there are still too many corporations in America ripping people off, price gouging, junk fees, greedflation, shrinkflation. You see that article about the Snickers bars? Yeah. Yeah, to see that? There was that article about a Snickers bar. It was, uh, it was in a magazine, full page, banner headlines, said, hungry, why wait? Then I <laughs> flipped on the TV, saw a little documentary about how when you haven't eaten, you don't feel like yourself. All of a sudden, you're Betty White or Steve Buscemi, and your friends can tell something's wrong. Scary stuff, folks. That's why we got to pack the economy with peanuts so it really satisfies. <laughs> Come on, snack. Now... <laughs> Biden was probably talking about a recent guest essay in the New York Times in which the author argues that people are distracted because certain food prices, like Snickers, are still rising, causing them to miss the fact the prices of more expensive goods like furniture are actually falling, which explains why this past Halloween, the hot trick-or-treat candy was full-size sleeper sofa. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Ryan Cranston. 
MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, my first guest tonight is an Emmy and Tony Award-winning actor you know from Breaking Bad all the way and Trumbo. He now stars in the new film Argyle. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Mr. Brian Cranston. Hello there. My goodness. And they, they're not here just to get out of the cold. That's a warm audience right there. <laughs> Always, thank you for being here. Always lovely to have you here. And this is the first time you've brought your mustache. Thank you. Yes. Lovely, uh, to, lovely to meet it. Thank yes. you. It does have a personality of its own. It sure does. Yeah. Especially with this down here. I don't know if you're about to start... Uh, Signing someone to a jazz label, or whether you're like the president of an adventurers club. That's funny you should say that because I'm playing a jazz producer in, the, in a film coming up soon. Oh, really? No. Uh, <laughs> did you did you grow this for a part? I did. I grew, I'm actually playing George Armstrong Custer in a movie uh, that'll shoot later on this year. Really? No. <laughs> uh, I, uh, well, I like it. Just grew it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's it nice. gets a little, when you bend it down, when a mustache goes down past the corners of your lips, yes. then it starts getting a little nasty. And I, I, I'm, I, it's kind of gilding the lily because I have such a, a well, I have a, a very mean face to begin with, you know, just naturally. Yes. You look a little bit like Lemmy now. Yes. <laughs> Well, last time yes. you were here, last time we were here, you had the you had the full, oh, had wow. the full beard. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I uh, I was doing I was playing a sea captain in a movie once. Uh, really? No. Uh, <laughs> I have not seen you since the the actors' strike ended. Yes. So you were out there. I saw. Here's you and your your, your friend Bob Odenkirk yeah. out there oh, walking yeah. the walk, not just talking the talk. What kept you, uh, that, was a, that was a tough few months. What kept, what kept you busy? Oh, tough few months. Well, you know, I'm, I'm actively involved in doing Broadway and other, other plays and things, so I was able to develop some things there for the future and, you know, just reading. And, and um, I, I also, uh, I uh, bartended at, at Drake's 37th birthday. Is that what, I was trying yeah. to figure out what the hell this photo is. Is that what this is? That's what that is, okay. yeah. So here you are and Aaron Paul 
bartending at Drake's 37th yeah. birthday. Yeah. Uh, it... Did he... It was, um... How did this... Well, it did came... Drake just call you and say, would you bartend on my birthday? It... Well, no, he called the catering company, and I... Because it was the strike, I needed a gig. So, uh, I, oh, yeah. I, I was bartending just to pick up a few bucks, you know. Nice. Just to... A little Dos Hombres? A little Dos Hombres Mezcal was boring, yeah. yeah. It, was really, it was really fun because he didn't know we were going to be there. Is and this true? This is true. Because you lie. You lie a lot. You've lied a lot in today's interview. I don't know that I lie a lot. Um, but, yeah, we, it's true. We, we heard he was having a birthday. We thought, wouldn't this be fun if we go? And so we went there. We're in Miami. And uh, we're behind the bar, and Drake is thinking, let's see, what should I order? And I said, can I get something for you, sir? And he goes, yeah, I let you oh! <laughs> <laughs> So it was fun. That's nice. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 I, got a birth- I got a birthday coming up in May, in case you got it, unless you still need it. Uh, yeah. Are you yeah. going to have it need May, catering? May Always. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I'll be there. Now, you all, you were out there talking about the robots. Like, you were out there, you're like, you actually, yeah. one of the things your sign says here, it says, uh, don't scan me, bro. Don't scan me, bro. Okay, and that's talking about, like, you know, taking a 3D uh, scan of some actors and things like that, that they're going to have artificial intelligence actually have performances of people after they pass. Right, exactly. Yeah. Or even while they're still living. Look at the tw- Taylor Swift thing that just happened. Terrible, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that are very dangerous about it. So it's... it's it, But I'm also, you know, curious at the same time. Like, I've never been on chat GPT. Oh, I, I, I have. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it like? I mean, what do you... I, ha- I have it, actually. What I... would it be like if if uh, you punched in... Liv, do I... Can I get a signal? Can you do that now? On real time? Yes, real time. Okay, so what would that. it be like if, if you put in, what would a, uh, a good buddy movie with, with Stephen Colbert and Brian Cranston be like? Okay. Can you say that? You have to say brief or else it oh. won't. Okay, a brief, like what would be a, a brief description of a, of a good buddy movie with Stephen Colbert and Brian Cranston? Yeah. Or do you want to be Brian Cranston and Stephen Colbert? Well, let's see what it comes up <laughs> okay, with. Okay, hold on. All right, let's see. Give me a brief description of a good buddy comedy Starring Brian Cranston and Stephen Colbert. Wow, it already has it. What did it say? <laughs> Want to read that? Oh, it says, oh, um, in Hilarious Harmony. That's in quotes. It's the like name the, of the title. The film is Hilarious Harmony. Brian Cranston and Stephen Colbert star in this mismatched roommates in a chaotic yet heartwarming comedy. Cranston, a neat freak architect. I take umbrage about that. <laughs> Um, and Colbert, yeah. a carefree aspiring chef, share an apartment, leading to uproarious clashes and side-splitting situations as they... As they uh, learn to appreciate their differences and forge an enduring friendship. <laughs> I, that's wild. Hey, does it say who gets the girl in that? You know, between the two of us. There doesn't seem to be anybody in it but you and me, yeah. buddy. You know, if if George Clooney and 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 uh, Brad Pitt did that, there'd be a girl. Yeah, there would be a girl in there. There should would. Yeah. 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 Ah, damn it, stupid AI. But that's amazing that that I'm, just spit I mean, it out like that. Right then and there. This is not a setup. That's what it said. Eddie's he put it in in that moment. 
Yeah. That's, that's that crazy. is happening all over Hollywood right now. <laughs> and the studios are trying to figure out Someone's how to going, slip it past the WGA. Is, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have to take a little break here. Perfect. We'll be right back with more Brian Cranston right after this. Late Show Pond Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. The star of Argyle, Brian Cranston. Um, when did you first fall in love with acting? Oh, well, I, I acted a little bit when I was when I was young. I was born and raised in, in Los Angeles, and my dad was an actor—not a very successful one. But uh, so we were always around it. But it, it never—I never thought it would be a possibility for me. Was he like in favor of you doing it? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, in, in my second year of college, I was I was studying police science. And I was going to become a police officer. Wow. And to take an elective course, I took acting. I'm 19 years old, second year. And uh, Black Box Studio, the overworked teacher, had a bunch of scripts. And he said, come on, come on, just gather around. And we all converged on him. And I happened to be standing next to a really pretty girl. And they said, you two read this, you two read that one, you two read this, you're number four, and you're number five. And I'm looking at this, I'm nervous, and I, oh, God, she's pretty. And I look down, and the, it says, a couple is making out on a park bench. <laughs> and I knew that at any moment, she's going to look at that. She was talking to a friend. And so I started to feel insecure about that. And, and, uh, and I started to, like, pose a little bit. You know, <laughs> try to see if I could look more attractive and masculine. I started, Trying to grow a mustache Trying to grow a quick. mustache right away and pulling, you know, show little tail feathers like they do in those nature films, you know. Uh, and then she looked. She looked over at me at the time she read that, and, uh, and she looked up to see who she was going to have to kiss, and here was her reaction. It was victory. Yeah. Yeah. That girl just laid it on me. She kissed me so hard and so long on on our scene. I was taken away. You're 19 years old, and my job in that class was to kiss this pretty girl as best I can. Yes. And so all of a sudden, on my upstage thigh, she's kissing and kissing, and I feel her go like this. And I thought, oh, my God, is... Is that what they call spanking? Is she into it? So I slapped her back, and then she kind of looked at me, and I go, that's not it, no? And she kissing, kissing, and she goes, eh. And I realized, oh, I had the first line in the scene. And she was like... (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. I don't know. That is always great. That is... That is not given enough credit of why people go into acting is they get to kiss people who you would who, who are very attractive. That that is the reason I went into acting. <laughs> there are worse reasons to go into acting. It's, and uh, you know, yeah. and when you were when you were a young man in Los Angeles trying to make it, 
Um, you were a yeoman for many years before you became the great Brian Cranston. What were some of like? Did you run into any of the greats when you were uh, a young man? And... Oh yeah, I well, there was one time I was working at, during college. I was working as a security guard, and I was told there was a, a, a an award show at a big hotel, and they put me in the back, not in the front with the red carpet. They go, sure. no, get in the back uh, and just make sure that everything's okay. Oh, all right. And, and I, I said, what are we doing back here? I said, every t- once in a while, a car will pull up with a celebrity who doesn't want to be on the red carpet, and they just want to go in, make their presentation, and get back in the car. They don't want to be bothered. It's like, oh, okay. And sure enough, a car pulls up, the door opens, and out comes Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, my God. Alfred Hitchcock, a huge director in his day. And he goes in, and I thought, oh, this is my opportunity. I'm a young actor. I'm going to impress Alfred Hitchcock. When he comes out, I'm going to open the door for him. And sure enough, I kind of made my way. I wasn't supposed to talk to anybody. Of course. I made my way closer to his door, his uh, car door. And as soon as he came out, I opened his car door, and I said to him, did you have a nice evening, Mr. Hitchcock? And I will, I will always remember what he said to me at that moment, because it's carried with me and been kind of a credo for me for the rest of my career. I said, did you have a nice evening, Mr. Hitchcock? And he looked at me and went, ah! (laughs) Gets you. You know what I mean? A little bit. The things that change lives. A little bit. Yeah. Well, now, now you're, you're back on screen, uh, grid news for everybody, oh. in the new movie Argyle, yes. you play the villain, which is so pleasant, <sighs> as opposed to like an anti-hero, you're just a plain old villain. Just a plain old villain. Uh, who he is, and did you channel anyone to play him? Your buddy, my buddy, Steve Carell. <laughs> <laughs> so few people know how evil <laughs> Steve Carell is. is. Awful One of the most being. vicious human mm-hmm. beings I have ever encountered yes. in my life. It's like that candy coating of niceness. Yes. Poison. You, you break that open, it's yes. nothing but darkness inside. Yes. It's, he's, he's like a candy bar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, no, he does that character, Gru. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And it's like there's something so charming about him, even though he does rotten things. Yes. And I thought, that's kind of a template to where I want this guy to be. So I, I did think of of Stephen doing Gru when I was do- doing this mustache twisting. Well, we, we, we have a clip right here, Jim. Did you know that Clementine was my grandfather's? Yeah. Uh, he named it after his mother. Oh, boy. He was a very strict man, but I always found him reasonable. And he had a policy. He would only kill if it was absolutely necessary for food or to vanquish an enemy or to eliminate an incompetent imbecile. Mistakes were made. It won't happen again. Oh, I know it won't. Brian. Thanks, Ben. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Argyle opens in theaters this Friday. Brian Cranston, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR.